Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. And our top story today, voter safety precautions are essential. Well, joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Jim Emmons is with the Water Sports Foundation and Paul Bernard is with the United States Coast Guard. Jim, great to see you again. Paul, welcome to the program this morning. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great. And, and, and Paul, um, again, a formal welcome to you and the United States Coast Guard to the program. And I guess I want to start off, um, I, w- I want to talk about boater safety today, but let's talk about the report, the annual report that the United States Coast Guard issues on boater, boater safety. How are boaters, how did boaters do in 2021 and how are they doing in 2022? Uh, 2022, the, the, our data it, it has a good bit of lag time, so I can't really speak to that. Just anecdotally, I'm, I'm seeing a number of reports that are concerning to me, obviously. But uh, going back to 2021, we had a huge spike. 2021 was up substantially over, over 2020. And we think, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 2020 was up substantially over uh, 2019. We think that was kind of COVID driven. People were getting outside and uh, enjoying the outdoors and socially distancing and, and, and boating was just a natural fit for that. So um, we, you know, boating law administrators from across the country re- were reporting near holiday weekend traffic uh, almost every weekend. So th- those numbers were, were up over, uh, o- over kind of our trend line of the previous five years. And then uh, 2021 is down, I think 14, 15% uh, over 2020. So we're glad to see that. Uh, another little data point that we're seeing that uh, that, that provides me a, a little hope is that uh, the number of uh, fatal accidents where alcohol is a leading contributing factor is slowly ticking down. So we're, we're definitely glad to see that. Yeah, obviously trending in the right direction, Jim. I want to get your perspective. We last chatted with you as I mentioned, I think Memorial Day or before Memorial Day weekend, people are heading out uh, onto the, the water, whether it's streams or lakes or the ocean. Um, are people, it sounds like anecdotally, and you know, we don't have the evidence yet because it, things lag obviously, but it seems like people are, are taking the right steps, whether they're uh, in your state of Florida, New Orleans or around the country. Well, it does seem that way, uh, Jeffrey. We we are seeing that the numbers are declining, which is good after the record numbers we had in 2021. But, or excuse me, 2020, I get those mixed up, uh, just like Paul did. But, um, you know, the things that we try to tell people to do to help mitigate these things are to avoid impairment, which Paul just talked about. It looks like things are, are getting better in that direction. Always wear your life jacket. Um, make sure you're wearing your engine cutoff switch device, which is the little red lanyard that attaches to your to your um, to your uh, helm. And um, and then lastly, take a boater education course. If people will just take a boater education course, they'll learn all the things they need to know about about being a safe boater. So um, we are seeing the numbers trending in the right direction. 
what we don't know at this point is, is it, is it a result of less exposure on the water? In fact, are there less people that are out than there were in 2020 due to the pandemic? Or is it that we are being more effective in, in conveying the messages that I just listed that, to people to, to actually practice safer boating on the water? Well, I'm certainly hopeful, Paul, that it, to Jim's point, I'm hoping that people are heeding the education because you, the Water Sports Foundation, many others do a lot of education here. You know, I was going to say driving a boat, but piloting a boat is very different than piloting or driving a vehicle. And Jim and I have talked about this, but I want to get your perspective. He mentioned boater safety courses. And even if you're the most savvy boaters, there have to be new policies and procedures that you could be educated on. Well, sure. Uh, Jim mentioned one of the things that the regulations change over time. One of the things that Jim mentioned was the uh, the engine cutoff switch. Those regulations have changed where uh, there's a lot of details to it. But pretty much if your boat is equipped with that, uh, you're required to wear it. And even if you're in one of those little areas where the law would not require you to wear it, it's always a good safety practice to wear it. And there are some uh, electronic uh, alternatives to that where you don't have to be uh, physically uh, tethered to your, your ignition cutoff switch, there's electronic ones that would allow a, a little bit of limited movement around the boat. Uh, fire extinguisher regulations have changed a little bit as well. Um, you know, and Jim, Jim talked about this and I'm sure this will resonate with him. Uh, we're, we're seeing numbers trend down, but from, from, from our perspective, when we start digging into these boating accidents, they're, they're, so, they're so easily prevented in, in most cases through uh, whether it's through attention, whether it's through wearing that life jacket or abstaining from al alcohol or having your passengers consume alcohol in moderation. We get that question a lot. We just had Operation Dry Water Weekend over the 4th of July weekend. And that's one of the things that we we, we hit on is that, uh, you know, falls overboard are the leading cause of, uh, of fatal, fatal boating accidents. And obviously having an impaired passenger on board they're going to be at a greater risk of those trips, slips, and falls overboard that are, are that are that leading cause of boating fatality. So, it's a good idea not only for the the, the operator to abstain, but for the passengers to, to exercise moderation in the consumption of alcohol. Yeah, but Jim, I mean, it's no different than driving a car. Uh, one question I had, I want to get your reaction to Paul's comments. But is there a type of boat? I think when we last spoke about the pandemic, a lot of people just said, "Hey, I'm going to buy a boat." and uh, they maybe are first-time boaters, but is there a type of boat? Is it a sailboat, a motorboat? I, I'm not a boater, so I'm not very familiar with the different types, but is there a type of boat that people who have that boat maybe need to be more concerned over um, another type? Well, sure. Um, certain vessel types have different um, levels of safety, if you will, th through the reports over the years. I'll tell you that sailing is one of the safest um, divisions, if you will, of, of all recreational boating. And if you think about it, to be a sailor, you have to be trained and, you know, you have to go through courses to teach you how to be a, a, a sailor. Part of that is teaching how to be a safe sailor. So, so sailing becomes, you know, a relatively uh, safe activity in terms of, of, of all recreational boating. Um, but on the other hand, you know, things uh, where power boats are involved, uh, motor boats, uh, open motor boats, so the number one category for uh, recreational boating fatalities. Uh, but, you know, here's another one that's uh, followed right behind it is, and number two is uh, kayaks. Mm. Ki per, you know, 
uh, paddling, paddle sports, um, a recreational kayak. Um, unfortunately, we see far too many uh, accidents or incidents that are involved with people that end up in a fatality from a passive activity like paddling a kayak. And as Paul mentioned before, most of these things are prevented. They are very preventable if people would just follow some simple uh, safety protocols, like making sure they're wearing a life jacket, um, making sure they don't get out into conditions that are that are uh, greater than they can can handle, uh, and you know, telling people that you're going out on a kayak and tell them when you're coming back and don't paddle alone. Always go with somebody. I mean, these are just simple things. But when you look back at the reports of the accidents that we get every week from the 56 states and territories, there's always nine out of 10 of them, you're scratching your head going, this was so preventable. This didn't have to happen. Yeah. But unfortunately it did. Yep, and, and we have to learn from those mistakes, again, to improve uh, our boating acumen. Uh, Paul, I have one more question for you before I go to a commercial break. These, is there, is there anything to do uh, in terms of safety with certain weather conditions? I mean, does it, do these occur if it's calm, if we have wind gusts? Um, is there any one trend uh, in terms of either fatalities or boating uh, challenges? Sure. You know, most boating takes place in good weather. Therefore, most accidents are taking place in good weather. But where, where boaters get in trouble with the weather are uh, this time of year, those pop-up thunderstorms and the thunderstorms that spin off of them can be uh, can, can present a substantial hazard. And we do in see, indeed see that uh, see that happening. So weather radar, uh, right here on my, my cell phone, I've got a weather radar app. And uh, I am constantly monitoring that over the, over the course of the trip. And then uh, if you're in a river environment, uh, swift water, high water, flood waters, those things contribute to, uh, to, to boating accidents and fatalities. So be aware of those water conditions. There's, man, with all the information that we have at our disposal, if you throw anything into the internet search engine of your choice, you're going to find good quality information there. And then, uh, oddly enough, cold water. Cold water is a, it is a ruthless, silent killer. Uh, two weeks ago, the reports that Jim was talking about earlier, uh, we get those. One of those was a, uh, was a hypothermia death in Arizona two weeks ago. Yeah. In cold water-induced hypothermia death. So, you know, be aware of those water temperatures, uh, dress accordingly, and, uh, and have the ability to communicate a distress call one way or another. We'll see a lot of people on those kayaks that Jim mentioned, stick a cell phone in their pocket, go out paddling, capsize, the cell phone can't be used, they can't make a distress call. So you always yeah. wanna have some kind of means of communicating <clears throat> distress for whatever location you're in. And if you can layer those like our coastal boaters, those, those, those means of communication might be a cell phone, a, a VHF radio, an EPIRB or uh, um, a PLB, those are satellite communicators. Those, uh, and there's a number of commercial varieties of those out there. So have reliable mean, means of communication and layer those if you can. And uh, one last thing, you know, I wanna piggyback on what Jim said about the, uh, the paddlers. Uh, going back like 15 years ago, paddle sports fatalities comprised you know, 16 to 18% of our annual recreational boating fatalities. This past year, it's up to 28% of all recreational boating fatalities involve paddlers. So we really need to get out there, 
reach out to those uh, those in the paddle sports community. And interestingly enough, this is the uh, the retirement uh, broadcast network, broadcast retirement network. So we um, we retirees were seeing them. You know, it's something you think about. I want to retire on the water. So they're going out. They're grabbing this piece of plastic that looks harmless. They're jumping in it and, and not aware of the, the safety risk associated with that activity. So we've got a lot of work to do in our outreach to those folks. Yep, yep. Well, gentlemen, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about boater safety and also some tips and tricks before you head out on the water. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and called Credit Repair for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit Repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Welcome back. We're talking boater safety this morning. Joining us of course, Jim Emmons of the Water Sports Foundation and Paul Barnard of the United States Coast Guard. Jim, Paul, thanks so much for sticking with us this morning. Sure thing. This, this is a lot of great information. Um, and I think people obviously watching the program, listening, should take heed. And, and Jim, the follow-up to everything we discussed 
the fatalities, the reports, prevention. Let's talk about those boater safety courses. Where, where do I go? I'm a layperson. Uh, I've never been boating. I mean, I've been boating, but I've never, I haven't done it in a while. Where do I go? Is it the Water Sports Foundation <laughs> website, the U.S. Coast Guard? How do I find a boater education course for me and my family? That information is available in so many places. So, you know, a simple uh, search engine with your favorite browser, favorite search engine uh, will come up with all sorts of opportunities within your state, things that are um, approved by your state. Uh, we have taken the, the, the time to go through and pull together uh, a, a whole list of boating safety uh, education providers and put them on our site, like you mentioned, the watersportsfoundation.com. Um, those, those links will take you back to the, to the information that you need for your state. But I got to tell you, um, your boating safety courses are in general, are a great idea, even for veteran boaters. Um, every time I take a boating safety course, I can't tell you how many things I learned, things that I've forgotten, but, uh, you, you come back and you pick up and you go, you know, this is something I should have known, but obviously I just let it slip. So it's a good idea, even for veteran boaters to to spend some time. I, I just took one not too long ago. In fact, I used the uh, the Boat US uh, Foundation, which is uh, kind of like the AAA, if you will, for boating. Um, they offer a free boating course that's respective to your state. So if you click in from Alabama or from Florida and you take their course, that course has been uh, customized to meet the laws and requirements for, the, for your home state. And it took me uh, over the course of the weekend, a few hours on Saturday and a few hours on Sunday, and I completed the, uh, the safety course. And then the, the nice thing about the Boat US course is it's free. They don't charge for it. Uh, they do ask if you thought it was a good enough course. Did you make a donation at the end? And I certainly did because I thought it was. And then a few days later in the mail, you get, you get your state voter ID card, which is, you know, something like this that just you know, is, is a card, a pocket card you can share with an officer should you be stopped somewhere. Or if you're going to rent a boat in another state, some states might require that you have had a boater safety course and just pop this card out, show them to the rental operator, and then you're ready to go. So we, we definitely uh, condone boater safety courses. In fact, it's the theme of our whole campaign this year is if people will just take a boater safety course or a paddler safety course on the paddling side, they'll learn everything they need to know about being a safe, safe boater on the water. So yeah, and, yeah, and thanks, Jim and, and Paul. I mean, it just makes a lot of sense. You have to take a driver's course to get a driver's license. You have to take training if you uh, get a gun gun permit. You know, you don't go out. You shouldn't go out on the water if you haven't taken a course. Look behind you. I noticed a a life jacket, and I have to ask you, that life jacket. That's pretty simple to put on, put over, and and click in, right? I mean, there's no reason why someone shouldn't, yeah, and you're required to have a life preserver, life jacket for anybody on the boat, right? That's, that's right. Uh, irrespective of what kind of vessel you're on, you'll be required to have a, a properly sized life jacket for each person on board. And, um, and what we're finding is uh, through the course of our law enforcement interaction with the public is the compliance rate is very high. So simply having that gear on board it is not what we want to see. It's the use of that gear. Uh, you mentioned, you know, a life jacket is pretty easy to put on. It's pretty easy to put on when things are going well, like right when you step on that boat. But if you're in the water, uh, if you're in the stress of the moment, your boat's taking on water, maybe some of that bad weather we talked about earlier catches up with you. Um, 
people have a difficult time putting on their life jackets under that kind of stress or what we're seeing is often they that just does not register with them until it's too late to put that life jacket on so uh life jackets come in all kinds of shapes and sizes uh the inflatable life jackets are where so many people are turning for life jackets that are cool and comfortable and non-confining something we've seen lately though is uh is those inflatable life jackets uh, they they take maintenance and inspection each inflatable life jacket has an inflation mechanism in it and there's things in in this inflation mechanism that need uh replacement or service they have expiration dates on them so i would tell people if you're turning to that inflatable life jacket as, as a way to wear a life jacket on the water one that's cool comfortable and non-confining to make sure you follow your uh, manufacturer's recommendations for the maintenance and service and replacements of the uh, consumable items in in that um and, and i was so going to say go ahead paul uh, and, and that's what we're seeing with, with almost all these boating accidents it's you know they've got everything they need on board it's that they're not using that uh that gear that they have on board or it's kind of an operational thing you know you think about a boat uh taking on water that's a very common cause of a boat uh sinking and, and and subsequent drowning so think beyond the required equipment there's there's nothing in the regulations that requires you to have a simple damage control kit but it's a great idea to have that damage control kit on board simple things like uh foam balls nerf balls things like that you you can pack those things into the the below the waterline fittings on that boat and and uh and you know basically save it from sinking with something as simple as a foam ball so um you know that that boating uh, 101 course that Jim took, and interestingly enough, I, I have my certificate right right here. I I was I was trained pretty well by the Coast Guard. I ran the rescue boats, but had never taken that state kind of course. So I obviously wanted to see what my recreational uh, boaters are taking. So I took that as well, and they're great courses, uh, very good courses. But uh, it's like when you get that that driver's license. The real learning takes place after you get that license and you get out out there and start and get involved in and participating in that activity so um once you once you do that there's there's a good bit more to learn uh don't let don't let your learning stop with that course that's a that's a good starting point for additional learning and, and jim and i spend a lot of our time trying to find uh his website uh, obviously has a lot of that information on a very good videos and, and, and images on it. Our own website, uscgboating.org, has much of that, that that same similar kind of content. So let's get those boaters beyond that boater education 101 and get them up into the 102 kind of territory that, that Jim and I spend a lot of our time uh, trying to promote. Yeah, so you gotta be a lifetime learner. Jim, I wanna close out the, the segment. We can go between you and Paul. Let's talk about, you showed us your boater card. Um, Let's talk about enforcement. Obviously, there's the United States Coast Guard, which is there to protect our, our coasts. But who are the agencies that you may run into if you're on the ocean, you're on a lake, uh, federal uh, park? Are there different agencies that enforce the rules of the, I was going to say road, of the water? Of course. And it depends on where the body of water is. You know, you'll have a state agency in every state that uh, patrols the waters on a state level, but um, the Coast Guard patrols on a, on a federal level. 
But what you'll find is on local levels, you know, like your local county sheriff may have boats on the water or even municipalities. You know, you get down to the municipality level, uh, you may find that cities have have um, police officers on the water. So, you know, that's that's the um, the enforcement side of of recreational boating safety. Paul and I like to think we can try to avoid that if we can just teach people, you know, to be safe and courteous boaters. Um, and to avoid the things that will bring them into a situation where they're engaging an officer in the first place. So that's, that's mainly where our focus is. You know, a minute ago we were talking about life jackets, and Paul mentioned um, that, you know, putting a life jacket on in the water once you've had an incident uh, is incredibly difficult. Well, we decided to take, take a look at that, and uh, we just produced a video. It's the last one in our series for this year. I, I'm happy to say that yesterday I got to review it for the first time. It, um, put four people in the water of different ages and sizes uh, and then threw life jackets at them in the water and said, put them on and put a timer on and see how long it took them to get to actually get them on. It's not as easy as it looks. And especially if you're in bad weather conditions where there's waves and wind blowing at you. And like Paul said, you're panicked. Um, trying to get a life jacket on in those conditions would be even worse. So uh, we're going to be releasing that video pretty soon on our website and through all of our media channels. And, um, you know, the idea is just to try to get people to realize that wearing a life jacket is, is, is where it's at. Having them on board is required by law. But if you're wearing the life jacket, that's when you're going to actually save yourself in the, in the event that something does go wrong. Yep. It just seems so easy to follow through. Well, gentlemen, we're going to have to leave it there. Not enough time to cover everything but i think we hit the basics jim emmons from the water sports foundation and paul bernard from the united states coast guard thanks so much for joining us this morning and we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon thank you have a great day thanks jeff appreciate the opportunity that wraps up this episode of brn am have a topic of interest somebody you think we should talk to drop us a line and don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle wellness finance tech so much more all in one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? We'll visit our website and, of course, our streaming partners like Amazon and Roku. We're backing in tomorrow for another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Are you being audited and do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The Tax Doctor is here to help you negotiate your tax bill and reduce your stress. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts, but you can stop these IRS actions. 
The tax doctor will work with you using our years of experience to represent your case to help you get the best resolution under the IRS guidelines. Help is here to deal with the IRS to reduce your stress. We've handled thousands of cases, so we know what we're doing. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, do not call the IRS alone. Call a tax doctor now for a tax emergency analysis. Call 800-224-6439.